This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. This BFM budget 2024 special is brought to you by Marsing. BFM 89.9, good afternoon and welcome to Enterprise BizBytes. I'm Roshan Kunison with uh, Richard Bradbury here in the studio. Last Friday, October the 13th, very auspicious day, Friday the 13th, <laughs> uh, Prime Minister and Finance Minister Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim unveiled the national budget for 2024 with a total allocation of 393.8 billion ringgit. And over the past few days, uh, here over at Enterprise and as well as the rest of BFM, we've been dissecting the full uh, speech and the break down of it and taking a look at several key highlights and what it means uh, to the nation, businesses and individuals. Yeah, uh, now as part of our week-long coverage, we've been uh, covering areas relevant to businesses and SMEs and how the various incentives proposed in the budget will benefit or impact them. Uh, Today, we're going to be discussing the various initiatives that businesses and SMEs can potentially tap on to grow, as well as concerns and gaps from the budget, such as the SST increase. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you have any thoughts on this, or anything else, you can get us on our U-Mobile WhatsApp number. It is 018-789-8899. You can also get us on X. We are at BFM Radio. Joining us today to dive into this, we've got Sophia Leong Abdullah, Council Member and Director of Diplomacy and Foreign Relations Bureau at the Federation of Malaysian Business Associations. We also have Chin Chi Seong. He's the National Secretary General at the SME Association of Malaysia. Uh, Sophia, Chin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good, to, good yeah, that you're having us on team this time. Hi guys. Yeah. So let's Hi. let's maybe get some overview thoughts here. Um, uh, Sophia, what were your some of your key right. takeaways from the budget? Were the various incentives and allocations uh, within expectations? Uh, within expectation, that is a very interesting statement. <laughs> but I think we are always expecting more, you know. Uh, but I like it that the PM actually took the initiative to address the uh, the, the targeted different income group that we have. Uh, there are different tiers coming in to help different income group in Malaysia. So I think that is one point that has been, um, I felt very beneficial. That is one thing that I got out of that. Mm-mm. Chin, do you have anything to add on to that? Uh, were the various tax incentives and the allocations uh, within your expectations too? Thanks, Richard. Yeah, yeah. In fact, at the first glance, when uh, PM announced the budget on Friday, uh, it seems there's too much, not too much different from the budget in 2023 as well. Mm. You know, the approaches and objectives are pretty similar. Of course, this time they're putting uh, more effort on the ESG and also targeted uh, incentive, mm. right? And it's, it is worth noting that the government is currently taking measure to boost the income by raising the service tax uh, from 6 to 8%. Right. You know, we have been always like uh, government to bring back the GST so that, uh, you know, when government have more money or more <laughs> revenue, they will spend more and, you know, to help the riot back. So a bit disappointed there uh, when, when it was announced. But uh, after uh, digging, probably, you know, digging into more details and all the, the 12 other strategic initiatives in the budget, Oh, thanks to understand and begin to 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 realize the thought behind this whole budget, you know. Mm. Uh, I think PM is trying to balance the fiscal budget with a mid-term or even longer-term objectives. They are probably probably in line with other master plans, you know, such as the RMK12, you know, the NLIP2030, National Investment Policy, etc. Right. However, you know, from my perspective, I want to express uh, you know my gratitude to the Prime Minister 
uh, for his commitment, you know, to realize his vision and the nation objective. Why I say that because uh, you can see that it's very important to make uh, a, a budget that works very well. You need uh, have not only uh, approach by himself, it's going to be the whole nation, holistic national approach. And he's putting a lot of effort into getting the civil servant, which is a very important missionary that could help us to achieve and also what, what he, he, he wants us to do. Right. And as, and because of that, because of the tax uh, increase, though it is a bit, you know, uh, not so good for the SME because we are mostly service industry, but I believe, you know, by, by doing that, government are able to put in more and also increase the development expenses. I think it's about 10, 19 million. That will probably benefit the, the economy and SMEs overall. Mm. Now, Chin, just following up on that point there, uh, from an SME, SME perspective, maybe you could illustrate some of the concerns or gaps that were present in this budget. In fact, uh, it's not so much of gaps. Like, I would say that really address the issue that we face, mm. right? And currently, most uh, 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 distress or even problem that faced by the SMBs community are uh, the financial distress as well as the cash flow management. This is an issue since, you know, we have the pandemic, right? And uh, we did a survey in, in, in somewhere in July, August, and we found out that more than 50% of them are either incurring losses or barely managed to survive. So it is all because of, not only because of cash flow, also because of the consumer spending is going down, right? And uh, we can see from this budget, like what Sophia mentioned just now, there are a lot of money pouring back to the riot, to the different categories, so that they are they are beginning to, to, to put in some money to spend. So this is where uh, the thing we see. Another part of it is like the, on the loan, you know, it is given a huge loan by Benagara, which is announced, I think it's $8 billion. And that will probably help a little bit, but we we don't want that to be equivalent to what is been practiced before. But uh, you know, the application is difficult. You know, the, the approval process is, is is ridiculous. You know, all these things that could probably deter us from getting, you know, a further uh, loans or whatsoever to to recover whatever we have uh, faced mm. so far. Mm. Right. Sophia, do you have anything to add on to that before we ask you a question about tax? <laughs> uh, one of the things I believe that the SMEs are actually very concerned in a way is that when we actually address SMEs, they are actually a very big group that is not being very much highlighted and they are actually the micro businesses. Right. I believe that they are actually a big portion of the micro businesses that still needs a lot of attention and support. And when it is being general, generalized as SME, then the micro side of businesses are not being uh, uh, looked into. I think they make and up around 70%, 70% of SMEs, right? Micro SMEs. Right. Right. Correct. That's very big amount of them. So I believe what Chin has said is uh, really make a lot of sense and definitely the, the different tier of tax and things like that definitely will be able to help. But yet we have sort of overlooked uh, certain incentives for the micro businesses. Mm. You, you just mentioned tax there, and we, we should probably just have a little bit of a chat about that. So the service tax presently applies to a list of services at a rate of 6%, and the budget 2024 has proposed to increase that to 8%. Um, how do you think that's going to impact businesses from small to medium and then on to large enterprises? Sophia, let's start with you first. Uh, I strongly believe it will help uh, in certain ways. Uh, I mean like what the government have tried to justify in the past year, 6% is one of the lowest in the whole uh, whole world, right? Mm. And 8% is actually <clears throat> not too much to, to raise it to. But the good thing is that 
uh, it is excluding the F&B and also the telecommunication. And these two industries definitely touch a lot of uh, the population. And it is something that is very essential in our life. And it's good that that two industry remains at 6%. At 8%, I would say that there are still some room for certain industry to be even increased further. But one of the very general uh, uh, perspective, very, very on a very wide scope, you will definitely see a drop in revenue for some uh, some retail businesses. Uh, that is one thing that is being forecasted. <clears throat> the drop in revenues, and definitely, I'm sure there will be a lot of uh, very careful shoppers starting mm -hmm. from next year. But I would definitely say this last quarter of the year, everyone will have a great Christmas because <laughs> everyone is going out to shop now. You know, in order to avoid the increase, uh, that is the very initial part of what I could observe. All right, Jin, how do you see the increase in SST impacting businesses? First and foremost, uh, Definitely, it will impact the effect impact the SME because eighty five percent of the business uh, in this category on the SMEs are all in in service industry, right? And roughly say that you know any increase in tax generally will bring out a higher price for their service and product. Of course, this in turn will will pile back to the consumer. Then you know in indirectly they will you know restrict their spending or you know uh, 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 putting less money into what they need to do and what need not to do. But uh, if you look at what is going to majorly affected are those industries like the hospitality and tourism, the retail side, like what mentioned by Sophia. Even transportation is another key services that uh, we, we, we don't forget, as well as the financial service that which which SMEs a lot are all relying on it. You know, so I think basically that would definitely impact small and medium industry. But for two percent raise, I think it, it, it is something that you know the government has to, has no choice has to do it because they are not going to bring back GST. I mentioned earlier, so this is somewhere they should get. You know, as not I saw some report, they will, you know, income of nine hundred million just from the two to six percent increase, mm. six to eight percent. Uh, but I think it could be more. It could be more. So it all depend on the the, the the markets, you know, reaction over this. Chin, do you see this? You know, while F and B and telcos aren't being impacted by the SST increase, you know, the logistics uh, businesses are will be subjected to it. Do you see that impacting maybe the F and B sector and raising prices? I think they will somehow will put that cost into the consumer, right? But how much will it be? Uh, I think two percent is quite small, I know. It, it won't be won't be that much affected because the petrol subsidy are still there, you know. So there are other causes that still still keep them going, and uh, for a small amount percentage is is it is it's not it's a no brainer for them to increase the prices of the uh, you know the, the food and beverage. Up next, we'll dive into the funding and financing uh, to support businesses such as the 8 billion ringgit in loans under Bank Negara Malaysia, among many other things. We've been speaking with Sophia Leong Abdullah from the Federation of Malaysian Business Associations, as well as Chin Chi Siong. He's the uh, he's from the SME Association of Malaysia. Today on BizBytes, we've been exploring the various initiatives from Budget 2024 that are focused on businesses and SMEs to help them grow their business, as well as concerns and gaps from the budget. I'm Roshan Kinderson with Richard Bradbury. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Stay tuned to BFM's Budget 2024 special, brought to you by Marsing. Banish feudal mentality. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This BFM Budget 2024 special is brought to you by Marsing. 
BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Enterprise BizBytes. I'm Roshan Kanesan with Richard Bradbury. And today on the show, we've been exploring the various initiatives from Budget 2024 that businesses and SMEs can tap into to enhance and grow with their businesses. Uh, we've been doing this conversation with Sophia Leong Abdullah, Council Member and Director of the Diplomacy and Foreign Relations Bureau at the Federation of Malaysian Business Associations. We've also got Chin Chi Siong. He's the National Secretary General of the SME Associate Association of Malaysia. Uh, before we went to a few messages earlier, we were talking a little bit about SST, uh, the increase from 6% to 8% and how it could potentially impact businesses. Uh, from a consumer perspective, uh, Chin, you were earlier talking about how you might not, you don't expect this to have too much of an impact on spending behavior. Uh, Sophia, can we get your thoughts on that? Uh, generally, I will feel that certain items or certain affecting certain enterprise, they might still be an effect because uh, for some smaller uh, businesses, 2% still means something to them, mm -hmm. but not for the larger ones. So definitely for the larger ones, 2% is really nothing. And it is just a very small sum to pay back. And of course, uh, based on shopping habits, consumer because of that 2%, they might be more careful with their spending. So there could be a possibility of a reduced revenue in certain areas, in certain items. So they, in a small way, I would still say that it will. But, you know, it's just like habits. After a while, everyone gets used to it and get adjusted to it. <laughs> so for a long run, I don't think there will be a very great impact, you know. I mean, you say that, Sophia, it, it, it's, a, it, it's a habit. Do you think that's one of the major coping mechanisms, mechanisms that can be put in place to help some of these businesses navigate, uh, navigate through that change? I believe some of the things is very much back to uh, how uh, some of the incent or not incentive, more of the financial support that is being to, uh, yeah. going to be given out later yeah. uh, that we are going to discuss. I think based on that, some assistance, the financial assistance given out will slightly help to iron out some of these uh, ups and downs for the businesses. I would say that financial support is one. Another one could be actually... Uh, helping the businesses to understand what are some of the campaigns that could be helpful for them to actually increase uh, consumer base or increase sales and things like that. I just somehow felt that the uh, entrepreneurs in Malaysia, in a way, especially the smaller businesses, are not very well educated in marketing strategy, business strategies and things like that. So having a classes that can help them, you know, uh, trainings that can help them, that would definitely contribute to mm -hmm. something there. Chen, do you have anything to add to that? I think, like I, I say earlier again, any increase in taxes, definitely there are some people who are going to make some noise, you know, they are not getting it, whatever. But you can see the overall picture of what the, uh, the, the, the budget is all about. It is not only to, to take care of small small group of people, but also look at the, the, the bigger picture. right? I think there's there's a good thing that start doing this bit by bit to see the reaction from the market instead of bringing back GSC, for instance, yeah. with a, 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 a big bang to everybody. So this is probably a good way to, to, to practice. And I'm looking at a whole, whole bigger picture that, you know, somehow or other government have to get some money somewhere, mm -hmm. right, to, to, to bear the expenses or whatsoever. Uh, and that is one of the ways, I think, uh, what I see this budget is they put a lot of uh, incentive or, or you know cash incentive towards the M40, B40 group of people so that they can literally spend more, start to spend more. In fact, for us, 2% is not so uh, significant if our business grow. 
Mm-hmm. Right, if, if I can grow from the 10,000 per month, I go to 20,000 or even 15,000, 2% doesn't mean anything for me. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have to say, look at the bigger picture. Right, right. Yeah, and we're also seeing, you know, subsidy rationalization as well. I think it's important that that fiscal responsibility element uh, so that, you know, we don't run a larger deficit. Um, another key talking point that came up from the budget uh, was the 10% capital gains tax on the net profit from disposal of private listed, uh, private shares of companies. Um, it gave us a bit of a sense of how much of a concern this is. There are a few exemptions here and there, of course, uh, for venture capital and restructuring as well as for IPOs. Uh, Jin, give us a sense for what enterprises are feeling about this and whether the what kind of concerns they're looking at. I think for well, the first thing you mentioned just now that, you know, once uh, a startup, you know, when they grow, they are, they are probably giving a lower valuation to the company and they, when they sell the share, or even offer the share, they have to pay some taxes. Mm. This is what the capital ten gain tax about. But for 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 me, I think it's a it, it, it's a good thing to move because you are making profit. You know, nothing wrong to 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 take from your profit to put back to that. So you had a plan for it, and I, I believe there are a lot of people are not happy if I say that. You know, there's no uh, the, there's good thing to do. It's a good move, uh, but eventually, uh, as long as you are making profit, I don't see why we cannot pay some taxes. Mm-mm. Okay, Sophia, uh, anything to add to that? I think I have to agree with Chin on this. Uh, basically, yes, it will take a while for them to, you know, adjust to this increase. But uh, in due time, they will definitely realize that it's going to be helpful for the Asians economy later on. And of course, it is something that is uh, uh, they can adjust to it since they are actually big income, uh, generating big revenue in the marketplace. So definitely agree with Chin on that. Yeah, I'm not sure whether it will impact the startup ecosystem as much, but I'm sure to, I will explore this with Dr. Siva Pillar and Viveka Raja tomorrow when we do a startup focus, given that it's, uh, I think venture capitalists mm. have been exempted from this, as well as uh, from the twenty from February's announcement, it was more focused on companies as opposed to individuals, but we need a little bit more clarity on all of that. Mm. So he's talking about what's happening tomorrow. And as of yesterday, I was speaking about this as well. The government had has allocated uh, significant funds to support businesses and SMEs, 88, uh, sorry, 8 billion in loan funds under Bank Negara Malaysia, an allocation of 44 billion ringgit in loans and financing services and guarant- uh, financing guarantees for micro SMEs, as you were talking about earlier on, Sophia. From a business standpoint, though, could you help us, I, I don't know, shed some light on what those numbers mean and whether it hits that market for SME needs? Uh, from past experience, generally, you should this is something that has been like what uh, Chin highlighted in the very initial stage, uh, the, the normal kind of incentive that has been given. However, it is very much back to how they are being dispersed out. Right. Uh, there are some funds allocated for uh, empowering or upskilling and there are some funds uh, for startup and you know different funds for different means of businesses. Yeah. But I feel that uh, financial literacy is one of the downfall of a lot of businesses, uh, especially young entrepreneurs, and uh, we haven't really focused into that area. So, providing financial literacy uh, courses or any initiative to increase that definitely will be helpful. Uh, in particular, a lot of time, these uh, fundings are dispersed out not as fast as the business owner want to. So maybe in a way, the process of dispersing this funding could be speed up if the 
uh, applicant qualified for it. Mm-hmm. Things like this, uh, the technical part of things, the mechanical part of dispersing it and all that need to be studied and improved on. That right. is the main part. One of the things that we were speaking about yesterday is that, you know, although these loans and these funds are available, oftentimes, you know, businesses don't know where to get them from. They don't know which department to go to. There's no kind of one-stop shops, uh, so, uh, so to speak. It gets a little bit confusing for them, right, Sophia? Uh, exactly. Uh, if they get to the right person, then somehow or rather a lot of people are saying that you need to know the right person to get those right. loans and things like that. So... It's still a big question marks to a lot. Uh, there are people who specialize in assisting on this. Yes, you can go to them, but of course it comes with a fee. So at the end of the day, um, probably the government should actually be able to publicize it in a way that everyone are aware and have access to it. Yeah. Um- you know, we've also heard from uh, other associations that maybe, you know, increase uh, making registration compulsory, but making it easier to do whether you register with MDEC or CCM, for example, all these different areas uh, so that at least as a and then you can make the process simpler. Is there anything on this front that you'd like to see, Sophia, to make the process of applying for these things simpler? Uh, in general, I think they are like too many laws in, in businesses. I will just take for example the area that I'm I'm more of an expert in franchising. You know, you need to you need when you start a business, you need to go for your business license, and then when you actually go in different uh, town council, then you have to go into another kind uh, another area of application of licenses you know because different town or different district have their own laws and when you go into another part let's say you're taking into franchising then you have to go and apply for the franchising license so there are actually quite a lot of uh, procedures to go through in order to help the businesses to really expand and grow if there could be just one place that all this can be done because I think under entrepreneurship we have the Ministry of Entrepreneur Development then we have the Ministry of Domestic Trade you know and we have various ministries governing just businesses alone Uh, Jin, anything you'd like to add to what Sophia said there in terms of making it easier for businesses to apply for all these initiatives and the financing available, as well as just making it easier for businesses to start up and operate? In fact, I think Bank Negara have taken a lot of steps for the past one, two years because we, we do complain a lot on this. <laughs> and uh, you know, likewise, uh, if you look at the agency, SME Corp is one the agency that handles SMEs, right? They should be the one who provide all this information. In fact, they have. Uh, a website that can help the SMEs. So, but a lot of people do not know, probably they are not aware. And then also, uh, they don't know whether you really get any benefit if you take a loan, you know. So, those are those are the things that we have to, you know, we have to educate them. In fact, the association like us, we do a lot of this thing, right? And and you see the 8 billion for Benagara, it is not going to disperse by Benagara, it's going to disperse by all the merchant bank. And when you come to merchant bank, I, I believe that the, the interest rate, all those stuff will be, would be quite high as well because of the currently you know our 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 interest rate already gone up right and this will probably not really help the SME even the big number is there so we hope that you know I've seen in this budget they are merging the uh, government owned bank like SME bank uh, bank pembangunan and actual action bank I hope there's something they can do and provide provide such aid from this bank that will everybody will know where to go right and uh, there's one shop for all, 
and uh, give a very special rate. In fact, I always ask for two, three percent, two percent. You know, at least uh, we can pay, and then after a while, you escalate to higher rate, whatever. So that is the tier, and this is very important because if you just give one rate, the bank have no choice because they follow your commercial rate. Mm-hmm. They will definitely charge that rate. Mm-hmm. So the government will do something over here. I believe right, right now they are they are short-handed because of the the revenue they have or the fund they have uh, in their coffers. So this is, this is something that we've always been fighting. And uh, looking at this uh, loan agreement, uh, a loan it is not that useful, but of, but you can see there's another loan called 1.4 billion loan that's for the micro SME. That one will really truly help them, right? And uh, this fund, I think, should be made easy accessible. Also, they must be specific where to get this fund, right? Where can we apply? How is the process? And uh, at least a, a, a one-stop website or whatever, and, and also uh, engage with the association like us and FMM, so that we have let our members know. And this is very much helpful if that going to happen. Yeah, I think the the 1.4 billion uh, microloans come from BSN, and I had a conversation with BSN a few months back about the disbursement of this and how to get it done. And this is a key challenge. I think that communication of that. And I think BSN was also trying to say, come and take the money. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. we have this allocation for you to come and tap into 4% interest rate. So uh, hopefully there's more communication there. I think there is a centralized website called manfa.blanjawan.com, uh, but I can't remember whether that's at the exact website uh, for this one as well. Uh, a lot there uh, to talk about, a lot more to look into. And up next, we'll talk about e-invoicing, uh, digitalization initiatives, as well as the 1.5 billion ringgit for high growth and high value businesses. We've been speaking with Sophia Leong Abdullah from the Federation of Business of Malaysian Business Associations and Chin Si Siong from the SME Association of Malaysia. I'm Roshan Ganesid with Richard Bradbury. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Stay tuned to BFM's Budget 2024 special, brought to you by Marsing. Budding Fresh Ministers. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This BFM Budget 2024 special is brought to you by Marsing. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Enterprise BizBytes. I'm Roshan Kainasen with Richard Bradbury and today we've been exploring the various initiatives from Budget 2024 that businesses and SMEs should be paying attention to. Sophia Leong Abdullah, Council Member and Director of Diplomacy and Foreign Relations Bureau at the Federation of Malaysian Business Associations is joining us over the line. So is Chin Chi Siong, the National Secretary General of the SME Association of Malaysia. Uh, Let's talk about e-invoicing because starting August 1st, 2024, e-invoicing will be mandatory for taxpayers with income or annual sales exceeding 100 million ringgit. For those in other income brackets, mandatory invoicing will be implemented in phases. Uh, But the thing here is it has been brought forward. So while we're seeing a delay to the start of the e-invoicing, we're seeing the total implementation being brought forward Mm -hmm. from January 2027 to July 2025. Uh, Jin, talk to us about the possible implications to SMEs on this uh, total timeline being brought forward. Jin, are you with us? Oh, hold, hold on. Oh, there we go. Sorry, my fault. Technical issue. Jin, can you hear us? Yeah, uh, there we go. Yeah, so uh, uh, tell us a little bit about the possible implications of the invoicing timeline being overall brought forward. Are you there, Chin? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Just I can't hear just now. Okay. Okay, fine. Think about the brought forward e-invoicing, yeah. right? Yes. 
Yeah, I think at the moment, uh, what the Alexian trying to do is to get uh, the market familiarized with the invoicing. It's quite similar to when they implement a GST. You know, and uh, for SME, we are all expecting it already on this e-invoicing up. And mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing for all to, to you know, implement that. You know, with now government also trying to encourage digitization. And, uh, but there are a lot of uh, implications or even some issues that we have to face uh, when you change to e-invoicing. Uh, at the moment, I think it is uh, good at delay uh, because of the fact that there are even cost implications here. And then they are also, you know, support and resources there for the SMEs to to provide. It's it, almost similar to what we have DST as well. Mm. And uh, this is where, you know, we have to slowly understand how it could be, you know, implemented and how could that uh, SME can really take serious look into how to impl- implement it correctly as well as to take care. Even when you talk about e-invoicing, you're talking about your data security as well. So that is definitely going to you know, impact them because they, are, they have a lot of resource constraint among the SME. And uh, we do hope that the, when the EV was in start, there are, there are various engagement, yeah, especially to the industry and, and us as well as our community to brief them more and uh, how to even help them to mitigate or uh, you know, to reduce whatever kind of expenses they need to provide during this mm. uh, change of uh, to e-invoicing. I, I suppose, Sophia, with, with you, you know, your expertise being in franchising as well, this is something that's going to become uh, very instrumental <laughs> moving forward. What do you think that the readiness level is amongst uh, some of your franchisees uh, for this, with it being such a, a short time frame now? Uh, I believe e-invoicing is something that is uh, not very foreign. Uh, even there are some uh, uh, probably uh, app system that has been introduced if your team are very lean, you can actually utilize this facility to help you with your current day-to-day operation on uh, issuing out uh, invoice for others. But one of the things is that if we are going to apply e-invoicing, just like what Chin said, we really need to educate uh, uh, the industry players. However, there's also other things to look into, like, you know, in a in a sales flow as you have sales and things coming in and all that, there will also be a lot of in, uh, inconsistency in certain things. Different businesses will have certain way of handling sales and cancellation as well. So what happens when there is a cancellation or what happens if there is a change towards the you know amount invoice and things like that? So are those mechanisms going to be looked into and and there's no hiccups when it comes into e-invoicing because it cannot be just one system fit all. Mm. It has to be like, you know, customized in certain way for certain industries and things like that. So how will that be applied? So I believe those are some of the things that we have to look into deeper before we actually execute something like this. But it definitely will be helpful because it will minimize uh, under-reporting. I think we will have more (laughs) accurate data and if this is available, then definitely the respective government will be able to look into how they can address certain uh, economical health issue, you know, that will come in due to this. So these are things that will be helpful as well. 
Now, we are also seeing other various... So while uh, e-invoicing is definitely a push for digitalization, we're also seeing other initiatives. I think, Rich, you had a much longer conversation on this yesterday, but to, for those who missed that, we're going to summarize it into one uh, TLDR, I guess. Among some of the initiatives, we saw 900 million ringgit in loans uh, available for SMEs. I think there's 100 million ringgit available for grants as well. 40 million ringgit in, allocated to the implementation of Shop Malaysia Online and 25 million to enhance the Digital Economy Centre in each state constituency. How far do you both think these initiatives will go in supporting businesses in pushing their automation and digitalization of their operations? Uh, Chin? I think if uh, we look at the grant that they provided, uh, it is similar to what has been done also, as mm. well as a part of the two years. But this year they announced another 100 million. I'm not sure because the implementation for 2023 only started in September last month. So this 100 million are they providing for the next year means you have 200 million mm. uh, allocated for that. So I'm not sure whether that is a similar one or they they, 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 they brought forward. But if you look at what they provide under this uh, matching grant, uh, the 5,000 to 5,000 matching grant, they are also looking into uh, operational digitization. Because if you just a surface, uh, I mean, the initial usage of digitization are mainly for probably digital marketing, digital presence. But it's more encouraging for them to go into deeper uh, due to the uh, implementation of e-invoicing coming up. So at this point of time, they should also provide such a, a solution or kind of grant for them to uh, apply. So this is, is very key. And of course, uh, you're talking about the, the loan that allocated as a similar that we have mentioned. It could be easy for us to, to get it, you know. And uh, I particularly support the Shop Malaysia online program because uh, most of the e-commerce that big e-commerce marketplace are all owned by foreigners, mm-hmm. like Shopee, Lazada, whatsoever. So we should even promote our own Malaysian online program. This is something good for them to to even, maybe we have asked a lot of, of, of this initiative from the government during our past meeting. So it has already been answered. So it's good to have uh, this allocation for us as well. Mm. Sophia? Right. Well, one of the things I would say is that we are definitely ready for innovation and technology. A lot of businesses are looking forward to this because in a way, it will actually help them to reduce a lot of uh, the problem they might have on a day-to-day basis with uh, relying on human and things like that. And of course, conquering a bigger marketplace away from Malaysia for those retail industry, it is definitely going to be helpful, you know, spending, having to be able to spend more money to upgrade their system and things like that. How However, I always felt that there is a shortfall in looking at the possibility of loss of employment. Mm. What will happen to that area, you know, but once we can optimize, once we do not need that, that human there to operate certain things. So I feel that technically, yes, we are ready. We are all excited to look into embracing innovation and technology, but can also the government look into how we can address or upskill some of these others uh, labor force that is not being able to, you know, compensate them in a way with a proper job anymore, you know, can they be doing something else? Right, right. Uh, Sophia, Chin, thank you so much for your time today. Um, it's been a pleasure speaking to the both of you. Thank you so much for having thank us. Thank you. Thank you. Have a nice day. And you too. Thank you, guys.
Folks, we were speaking with Sophia Leong Abdullah, Council Member and Director of the Diplomacy and Foreign Relations Bureau at the Federation of Malaysian Businesses and Associations. We also had Chin Si Siong. He's the National Secretary General for the SME Association of Malaysia. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. You can also find our shows available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast players. Just search up Enterprise BizBytes. Looking up ahead, we've got the Breakfast Grill replay happening after the 1pm news bulletin. More than a month ago, the two-decade in-flight catering partnership between Malaysian Aviation Group and Brahim's Food Services came to an end. Mohamed Fadli Abdul Rahman, the CEO of Brahim's Group, shares with us the restructuring efforts of the company, what were the lessons learned from their divorce with Malaysia Airlines, and what were the causes to its financial deterioration, bound to be a spicy one here on BFM. <laughs> I'm Roshan Kanesan with Richard Bradbury, and this has been Enterprise Business Bites. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. This BFM Budget 2024 special was brought to you by Marsing. Reinvent spaces, enhance life. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.